Hey everyone, welcome to the Maker Mistaker podcast, where we love to have deep, eye-opening, and mind-bending discussions about life. And this is episode four. Today we're talking about building habits, starting them, keeping them, quitting them, you name it. I'm your host, Jeff Finley, and with me is George Coghill. Say hello, George. Hello. Hey, so how are you doing? I mean, it's been a, mo- been a month since we had our last podcast, and um, what's been going on in your world? Well, I, um, a big chunk of my past month has been uh, visiting family. I went out to visit my brother and his family out in California, so I was out there for pretty pretty long. Actually, it's uh, something that's almost a perfect uh, segue into our topic for the week because I... I was out there for two weeks and uh, being out of your your element for in your routines and your your habits for for two weeks is an interesting experience. But uh, but yeah, that's been basically what I've been up to. So and then you know getting back into the swing of things once I was back home. So what about you? What's what's been going on with you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the in a similar boat too. I mean, with the holidays coming up, there's like it just throws a total wrench in a lot of my routines. You know, I'm staying up later, not getting not getting up for my morning routines that I like to do. And, um, and also I've been burnt out on a lot of my habits and a lot of my routine and in, in my, um, I have a weekly coaching call with, with a sort of a a personal development coach, life coach, you know, we kind of trade services, you know, so we both kind of coach each other on our goals and stuff. And that's kind of cool. And one of the things that she told me was to just basically shut down all of my goals or all of my routines until the first of the year, you know, like basically you don't have to do this. Cause I would kind of always beat myself up because I always, every single day was like, all right, I got to do what I've been doing, you know, right. got to keep up with it. And if I don't, I'm going to slip back into where I used to be, or like, I'll, I'll go be depressed again or something bad will happen or I'll, you know, you stop exercising. I'm going to get fat. You stop meditating. I'm going to get, uh, all stressed out and depressed again. You know, <laughs> I hear you, man. I'm on the, I, I, I do the same thing. I mean, uh, one of the interesting things I read, I don't, I don't remember now if we talked about this last time, but, uh, that really plays into perfectionism and the procrastination, uh, situations because, uh, it's basically you get into this thing where, you know, you, you feel like you have to do it every single time or you're, it's not, it doesn't count. Or it's, like you said, it's not going to, it's not going to stick or you're going to, you're going to fall back. And that's actually something I work on sometimes is to like your, your, your development coach said is I, I, I force myself to miss days because I'm like, you have to get used to missing days. You know what I mean? You have to, cause it's going to happen. You can't avoid it. And, and uh, being on that trip was a big part of that. I, I was like, cause I, I was really determined when I went out there, I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make this happen. And then, you know, I, I see those guys once a year. So at, at this rate, cause he's got a, uh, almost she's, she'll be three years old and about a couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, I have a new niece and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to spend more time with them and I didn't want to, you know, be like, Oh no, I got to work on this and I'm doing this and writing this down. I'm like, no, I'm out there to visit. So I kind of just forced myself to say, you know what, for the next two weeks you do what you can. And if it doesn't fit into the day, that's okay too. You know? Yeah. Right. So let's just talk about, the basics of habit building like um well for me things i didn't really think about actually what building habits meant until i read zen habits and subsequently the power of habit you know some basically people talking about building habits before that i was definitely like a productivity nerd i was always kind of you know i guess procrastinating by looking up how to be more productive and 
finding new apps and tools. And there, before that, there was like Lifehacker and lifestyle design and all this type of, you know, ability, ways that you can sort of hack yourself, you know. And it, I mean, of course, there's like the exercise habit and diets and stuff like that, though. But I mean, when we started getting into building habits, it was about, you know, say you want to you start recognizing some of your bad habits and then you want to try to cut those out like smoking or maybe, I mean, just an example in my case where like I would watch TV at night and then I would want to have a snack, like a bowl of cereal or something like that. And it was like when the TV would, when the time would come to turn the TV on, it's like, I would definitely get triggered and I would feel like the craving like instantly happen or any, and then just, here's another example. Like anytime that you're, you're, bored for a split second you like want to look at your phone does that does that ever happen to you george oh yeah definitely i mean <laughs> not necessarily the tv thing but uh i mean the phone i mean everybody seems to be completely uh under that spell you know what i mean yeah you can call it a spell it's so funny because i remember reading of this book called uh gamification whatever i don't know it was all about gamifying your app and it's all about basically trying to get your users addicted to your app. So they're using science and psychology to do everything possible to get you get you hooked as soon as possible. You know, and video video games are doing that more and more with all, all of the achievements and and the you know, you start playing, you play like level zero and you're like it's really, really easy to start off and you start to feel like I can I can learn this game really easily. But it's you know, so you start getting hooked on it. And it, it basically everyone is trying to get you to build a habit out of their app, out of their ecosystem, Facebook. And, you know, and it's definitely been ingrained in, in my life. And I've tried quitting it, but it's so hard to quit. I don't know what's more addicting, Facebook or smoking. I mean, you, you're, you're a former smoker. So what do you think about that? Well, I'm a former smoker and I'm also an introvert. So Facebook, <laughs> Facebook holds no interest to me. I mean, I get, I'm on there because that's just, you know, it's almost like having an email address these days. So I, I do use it, but I, I never got really addicted to it. I mean, I got a little bit um, worked up over, uh, you know, Twitter. I, I was more on that, but I, I think it was more of the habit of like, or I wouldn't even say the habit or more of the compulsion to just constantly check it. Like you said, it was the same thing as the phone, like mm -hmm. just default in any little lull in, in the, in the mental stream, just like, Oh, I'm going to go check the suicide on Twitter. And then you get lost in there for five minutes, but you do that all day and you break up your concentration. I mean, smoking, I mean, that's a whole, I guess, well, I guess people call smoking a habit. I mean, that's just something I could, I could touch on. What about you? Are you, did you ever smoke? No, I never picked up the smoking habit. Never smoked, you. never smoked uh, once. Oh, that's good for you, man. That's, I mean, I got a buddy who started smoking like four years ago. I'm like, dude, you waited till they became super expensive to start smoking. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. But <laughs> I mean, I, when I started, it was, you know, less than a dollar a pack. It was wow, definitely priced to get you addicted. But uh, I'll tell you, man, one of the, I, I got a buddy who's trying to quit and uh, I, I did use an electronic cigarette for about, uh, at least at least a year and a half, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and I, you know, was talking to him. I gave him all my equipment because he was uh, he was asking me questions, and I'm like, look, I'm not gonna. I, I just don't want this stuff anymore. I don't need it. And uh, I'm, you know, it, it did. It's, it worked. It helped me. You know, and I wanted to give it to him if it helped him. But uh, you know, we were talking about relapses because he he definitely 
uh, is, I, I don't know if it's on the wagon or off the wagon, but whatever, he went back and started smoking again. Mm. I told him the biggest, um, you know, and, and going back to your thing with the TV and the, and the snacking and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's really a, a big factor when I look back for the smoking was it was uh, the setting. It was environmental. It was social. There was, you know, these cues, these triggers that like I even find myself not like I don't have any I don't even think about smoking anymore. I have no desire to do it. But when I am somewhere, say, like at a bar or I'm at a party with a bunch of friends who still smoke and you're like literally like the only person who's not, I can. It's very interesting because I can watch or I can observe my body and my mind want to have a cigarette. And it, I can, right when it the first time it happened, I realized I'm like, oh, well, this is I don't have any cravings for the cigarettes or the tobacco or the nicotine. It's all this uh, wanting to feel um, comfortable in the situation and go back to some familiarity, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, a big thing for me, and that's part of what I did when I was trying to quit smoking. I was also just, you know, I was cutting back on a lot of different things just to kind of let the, uh, let the dirt settle and see where things, uh, ended up. But I, I cut back on, you know, I used to go to the bar. I don't know, not a lot, but I mean, regularly enough. And I stopped doing that. And that was a huge part of like, being able to not smoke because I had, there wasn't temptation of like these repetitive behaviors that you would do. get a drink, go outside, have a cigarette. Everyone else is doing it. Someone lights one up, you light one up after they do. And it gets into this whole like cue and response and trigger cycle that is tough to break if you keep yourself in those environments. And I've found like, you know, speaking of, you know, what you said with the TV, like really almost anything that you do can be, you can apply these kind of, concepts to and just say if i you know if i interrupt this pattern if i in, if you know and one of the interruptions can be i don't go to the places where i usually smoke or i associate with smoking or whatever the habit is you you don't want to do you know staying away from those situations is a huge factor because you associate the smells and the sights and the sounds and the activities all that stuff is like it's just it's the familiarity of it you know yeah, and you don't even think that it's like a trigger of, of a particular habit because there's probably dozens of different habits that you're performing all in the same environment, you know, just like little little uh, ticks that you might do around certain friends or certain things that you might say. Mm -hmm. And it's all I do think I do agree with you when it comes down to sort of feeling comfortable in the situation, because maybe when we're both of us, you know, are kind of introverted at, at heart and, you know, if we're in a social setting, it's almost like we feel a little anxiety and especially if everyone else is smoking you know that like if you had something to do with your hands or if you had a, you know a cigarette it would just make you feel more at ease and comfortable and coffee is the same thing is 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 what does it for me like if i'm in a meeting with somebody i can't it's almost hard to not have coffee with me you know to to have a meeting with somebody or it's almost it's just like you're in a coffee shop got to get my coffee and you know even if it's my third one of the day or something you know it's like it's just the trigger is there, the being in that environment. No, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, in the, you know, like you said, having that, uh, you know, having that thing to, to ease the anxiety, especially if you're someone who's not like a social person. And, and I, I totally can not only agree and commiserate with you on that, but I've actually started when I, when I noticed it, what I started doing was I decided to start doing the opposite. I'm like, 
sense because I, I realized what was going on with with uh, these kind of these behaviors to to ease any social anxiety or, or anything like that was what you were basically doing was trying to hide. You know, you were trying to avoid the situation, the reality, the mm-hmm. immediacy of what was going on. So it's like as it, it, you know, obscure as this might sound, I really think even having a cigarette is a way to kind of, cause you got something else to do. You got, you're occupied. You're so, you know, you can, uh, you know, someone might not want to talk. Oh yeah, he's over there smoking or, you know, you have an excuse to walk away. I mean, that was a big one for me, you know, on the introvert side of things was I could, that was an excuse to walk outside and just be by myself for five minutes. Cause sometimes you, you just need that little, you know, miniature battery recharge by yourself. If you're yeah, out of it. Yeah. Right. So it's, but I, I just, like I said, I noticed that I was doing things like having a beer, like, like I would go to the bar sometimes and I would have, I would have beers I didn't want just cause I want, like you said, I wanted to have something in my hand. It would be like that third cup of coffee. I would, I would be like, I, I don't need any more beer. I'm already drunk, more drunk than I wanted to be. Yeah. And you know, it's the end of the night. It's, it's like, it's late and I want to go to bed and I'm getting one. Cause I'm like, what am I going to do? Just not have a beer. I'm at the bar and I'm like, and like I said, I went out of my way to, to see, like to put myself in those situations just to, to and to not do what is the easy uh the comfortable the the anxiety um easing option you know especially if it it's, it involves a chemical or a you know like like a behavior that's not like something i would do if i wasn't there you know and it's it's surprisingly easy to get over that stuff if you just do it you know it's like the immersion therapy kind of stuff like if you just don't use those crutches pretty quickly you're, you're, you just realize like, Oh, that was, I don't, I don't even really need, I didn't, I could totally do without that. So very interesting experiment. I'm still playing with it, but I mean, it was, it was something to try out and I, and it was surprised how quickly I got used to it, you know? Yeah. What you said about the discomfort and the, and the, and trying to hide like that was so key. I feel like because how many people look at their phone, you know, when they're totally, it's like they're, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to, they want to hide, you know? So it's like, Hey, I'm on my phone. I don't have to actually, there's no obligation. You know, if you're, it's, it's weird too. Cause I don't know if the smartphone caused this, but like when you don't have a phone, it's almost like you're saying, Hey, I'm available to be bothered. Talk to me. I'm just, and, or if like, if you, if, if I sit, if I'm sitting there like waiting for like my haircut or anytime I'm waiting in line and I'll consciously try not to go on my phone where I see a lot of people are. So I'll just stand there, you know, and I'm just like, wow, this is, I'm just totally present, like kind of observing and watching. Do, am I, do, do people think I look weird because I'm not like busying myself with some distraction? Right. I, I, I do the same. I mean, that's been a thing for me too, is like consciously not great. Like I might check my email real quick, but I won't sit there and be on the phone, you know, if, if I'm out and, like you said, waiting in line or something. Cause it's just like this default, What I don't like about it. And again, this goes back to the, I'll, I'll go back. To, I mean, the sm- I don't know why smoking is such a good uh, negative example, or I guess just example for hab you know, habits or bad habits, but. Oh yeah, totally. You know, it, it's just a, a lot of the cigarette, like I had a guy when I was first trying to quit smoking, this is before the lat this time that actually stuck with me. But, uh, I was talking to this guy about it and he was like, if you only have a cigarette when you want one, then you can quit smoking. And I'm like, well, no, I'll just have one all, all the time. Then he's like, no, he's like, you don't actually want about 80% of the cigarettes you have. You do them out of complete, just like, there's nothing else to do. Like 
the cigarette, grabbing the cigarette used to be the same thing as checking your, your smartphone for me, you know, it's like, if there's a little lull in something, grab the phone, you know, or grab, have a cigarette. It, you know, nowadays it's like, oh, if something, if there's eight seconds of, of something that's not occupying your attention, people grab their phones, you know, and it's like, people are like, oh no, I just doing it. Cause there was nothing else to do. I'm like, yeah, I'll, next time I come to, to meet up with you for dinner, I'm going to come 20 minutes late and don't pick your phone up at all during that time. I, you know, I triple dog dare you. Cause I don't think a lot of people can do that anymore. It's no. like, they, <laughs> yeah. nope. you know, and I, I, I'm consciously trying to not, or to, you know, to not do that, you know, to, like you said, if, you're, if I'm somewhere waiting, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to watch what's going on here because it's almost, it's almost like you're on drugs when you do that because you're so used to a, you know, being on the phone yourself and then B, like you said, everyone else is doing it. So you do feel a little bit out of place. And by being doing that, uh, by not doing any of those behaviors, it's like definitely an altered state of consciousness. So, yeah, that's, that's an awesome way of, of having an altered state of consciousness. Just don't go on your phone and be, <laughs> and, and be present. Well, you know, and, and observe, especially when you're waiting, anytime you're waiting. And that's, yeah, that's, like, like- that's the culture that, 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 um, you know, the smartphone app developers and stuff like that, that, that we have built for ourselves. I mean, you and me, we're in the creative industry. So it's like, you know, I know plenty of people who are app developers and I've read books on how to make things addicting and stuff. And I've tried to do it to my own, to my own websites, you know, for our customers. Of course, you know, I'm kind of suck at it, but <laughs> that's one, that's another discussion. But now I kind of feel like, man, like everyone's competing to try to get for the attention, like everyone needs the attention. So it's like, you know, you want your app to be top of mind when someone has a lull in their, in their boredom. And like, we created that. Like, why did we create that? And people say like, well, before smartphones, it was like the newspaper. Have you seen that like internet meme? Mm-mm. It was like, uh, oh, people before smartphones, like, you know, we're friendlier and not strangers with each other. I don't even know what he said. Something catchy, but I shot a bunch of people on a subway with newspapers in front of their face. So like they, they are just still distracting themselves or a book, you know, they got their nose in a book because I mean, I think those are good cues, you know, to like, I don't really want to be bothered by strangers. So you sit there, especially if you're like on a plane or on a train or, Really, I mean, you can put your headphones in, put your nose in a book, and you kind of set a, a visual cue to other people, letting people know that you're not really available. But then if I'm sitting next to someone and I have nothing to occupy myself and I'm just sitting there, I feel like people are waiting for me to say something to them or like something's about to happen. I have, I'm, I'm attentive. <laughs> it's kind of awkward. It's awkward to be attentive. I, I like what you said earlier about... Uh being present is an altered state of consciousness, you know, it's like, it, but it is weird. I mean, it's weird to see that, you know, it's almost like the default that you want to be, that people want to be, uh, you know, close themselves off to, uh, you know, the outside, you know, potential outside intrusions where it's like, how often does that happen anyways? How often do people actually just come up to you and start talking? I mean, maybe it happens to other people and not to me, but I mean, I don't really think people need to, um, I don't know if a, if a phone or a newspaper or a book is an, isn't even a necessary thing to keep people away, but who knows? I, I, it's it's a strange phenomenon. I, again, I don't know too much about that that side of things. I'm not uh, 
I'm not a subway guy. I'm not a coffee shop guy. So you know what I mean? I'm not around those situations too much. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's really because to keep people away, because I think anybody would kind of appreciate someone saying hi to them. You know, it's like well, someone wants to have a, a stranger says, hey, how's it going? It's like a surprise. I think most people would probably, you know, think it's kind of cool, kind of a, an unexpected kindness. Of course, if someone asks them a question, you know, hey, can I get directions to this place or whatever? Or it's I think those typical conversations that you would have with the stranger are usually pretty good. I mean, unless it's like someone's asking you for money or for some bizarre thing. But it's usually like if you're if you're present and available, I think that's one thing. Okay, putting your nose in your phone in the presence of strangers, that's a that's a default habit for most of us. And also, especially for social anxious people, socially anxious people, because we don't want we kind of feel like obligated to have important conversations with people when we might not know what to say. So we're like, I'm just going to plug in. But well, you, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I, that's totally true. And I, but I think going back to the, the habit topic is that's what these things are, is their, their habits. And that's one of the things, you know, when you mentioned earlier, the, you know, talking to strangers, that's one of the things that I've been working on myself is to, is to go out of my way. Like, you know, I try to get hikes in at the local park near me. I mean, I try to go every day if I can, but, uh, you know, if I'm out there, it's easy for me to bury myself in phone or put my headphones on or whatever but i i make a point of like smiling and saying hi and just it doesn't, it only doesn't have to be a conversation but you can have a couple sentences with somebody and um and i part of it is because i think i do have this habit of of not doing that and and finding a way out of it you know what i mean i'm finding a way to uh, block myself from doing it. And I think that's a, that's a habit that, I mean, and that gets into habits that you don't even, you know, you mentioned earlier, all these like myriad of tiny habits you don't realize you're doing. And I think that's another one where you think like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really want to be bothered, but do you, or is it just a habit of shutting yourself off from interacting with people that you, what you're, what you really want is the familiarity of the behavior and it's not necessarily that you don't want to be bothered. You just want things to be the way they have. They usually are when you're out there. So like I said, I, I've been just trying to throw a monkey wrench in my own, you know, my own engine and mixing it up and see what happens. And, and what, what you said was really what happens is, is most people are, are happy. Like, like when you say hi, you just saying hi to somebody when you're, you know, walking past them on the trail or whatever, usually that, People smile back and they're more than glad to stop and have a, even a tiny little chat. So it's like they're, you know, and they're not looking to intrude on anything. They know you're out there for the same reason, you know, that they are. They're just out there for a walk, but you can stop and say hi to somebody. And it's, mm-hmm. I, to me, I think it does enhance people's day. I mean, it, it, if people do it to me, it's, it's, you know, it goes back to the golden rule. Like when people do it for me, I, it makes me feel better. So I figured, you know, uh, yeah, might as well do it, you know, do it myself and instigate it. Cause sometimes being the instigator is all it takes. So sometimes people, they're just like, Oh, I don't know if I should say hi. I don't know if I should do it. And if you just say, I'm going to do it and break that, you know, break the ice that way. Other people, you know, a lot of people appreciate that, you know, because you've, you know, you've opened up that, that, that awkward situation and, and something that they would want. Yeah. I think too, like when we talk about, okay, we're, you're putting your nose in your app in or <laughs> You're, you're 
distracting yourself away from sort of stranger interaction. But like, what about when people do that in the presence of like their family or their friends, or even the, they're out to out to lunch or dinner on a date or something like that. And then they, it's like, they're constantly checking their phone, even when they're in the middle of a conversation with somebody or like, that's how like sort of insidious these, these habits can get. Well, I mean, this, this stuff all gets into, I mean, and this gets into, you know, from my reading, really the core of where these habits come from and it comes from rewards and it comes from the dopamine, you know, the, you know, the dopamine response in your brain and, uh, what people have done. And I think we, I think I mentioned this the last podcast, but uh, you know, I cut out all the alarms and alerts and pop-ups and note, you know, most of the, most of all that stuff on my phone and my computer uh, mostly because what they find it, what the, when they study this stuff, what they found was that people were getting these tiny little rewards all the time from their, you know, checking their phone and there might be, you know, and the other thing with the dopamine is dopamine likes the randomness of the rewards. So the phone is perfect for that because you may have an email, you may not. If you have email, one of them might be a good one, it might not. So the the it's almost like a gambling thing, and mm-hmm. you get so hooked on on, on all and on constantly having this this little tiny perk. You know, it's almost like you know having a tiny little cup of coffee or espresso or something or a you know a hit off a cigarette or something. But it's like it's this it's this persistent, repetitive habit that people can't stop doing. You know, I mean, it's like a it's a, it's a habit they don't even realize they have. And it's because they want, because it makes them feel good. And what they've done is they've trained themselves to feel good from that response that the phone gets, which is something I've consciously been working against because I think that's a super dangerous, you know, that, like you said, these apps, you know, especially on the phones, these apps aren't, it's not an accident that these things are happening to people. People are doing this consciously and implementing these, these principles with full knowledge of what they do. So mm-hmm. you got to be extra vigilant on, on your end to make sure that, you know, not only is, are you by default, you know, just because of the information hit, the dopamine hit from the, you know, the potential of some new information that in itself is enough, but then you have apps that, you know, outside of the email and stuff like that, that are specifically designed to get you, to give you that little bolt of reward or the jolt of reward. And, and that stuff's dangerous. I mean, it's not dangerous in the sense that, you know, there was actually a thing uh, I saw online was a, uh, was a clip from a recent uh, South Park episode where they go into this a little bit. And they basically said that, yes, you can get addicted to anything. I mean, really if it's, you know, that's the society we live in today, especially with the internet is that everything is like, it's like the cocaine version of everything. It's been freebase down. So there's no, you know, this immediate gratification. There's no delay. There's no working for it. You get the, you know, you get an experience that's a thousand times what it is in the natural environment. So, you know, I know that there's the internet's not necessarily a natural environment, but let's just say like in the past, you wouldn't, you wouldn't associate with that many people and those many, that many different ideas and have this many choices of information, you know, in, you know, even a hundred, even five, 10 years ago and having all of this stuff, like just this, this overload is, you know, well, that's something too, that gets, and I don't mean to hop, uh, hop thoughts here, but that's another thing too, is that having so many choices also overloads your, uh, willpower too. too many choices 
willpower erodes and you end up making poor decisions. And that's something that they do on purpose too. They know that that's how that works. You know, department mm-hmm. stores function on this big time. That's why there's so much stuff in a department store. It's because they know that you will eventually get so overwhelmed that you just start, but you, you stop, you stop being frugal and you just start buying stuff and you don't think about it anymore because that literally is what happens. So it's, you know, it's one of those yeah. things where you, you just got to be careful that, you know, these, the, it's these, these habits are coming up because of the dopamine reward system and it's, it's being consciously manipulated. And even if it's not, it's still something that, you know, we, we are experiencing on a much more concentrated level than we ever have in the past. Yeah. So about dopamine, it's funny because, well, dopamine is a, for the listeners, I mean, it's a chemical released in your brain that makes you feel really good. It's your reward system that lets you know, hey, this is something worth repeating. This is something worth doing. And, you know, you get those little rushes of good feelings and rushes of inspiration and stuff like that. It's mostly has a lot to do with immediate immediate gratification, immediate satisfaction. Not It's hard to get dopamine rushed from long-term uh, goals. <laughs> like, like, I read a good quote today. It says, um, discipline is when you, is, is about doing Okay, I'm I'm see if I can get this right. <laughs> okay, discipline is about not doing what you uh, Okay. Discipline I, is about I think I think I got it. Yeah, it's discipline about, is about doing what you is not doing what you want to and doing what you don't want to. Well, it's doing no. what No, no, that's close. Okay. I, I'll edit this out, all right? <laughs> no, this is good. Leave it in. It was like it was like um mm, It was like discipline is not doing what you what you want to or what ah why is it, why is it so hard for me to remember so it was a good quote it was about like comparing it to comparing what you want right now in the moment to what you want in the future you know so it's like right. basically from it's about not doing doing not doing what feels good doing what's right you know you've heard that one before like you know well, so I if mean, you're faced with a decision about like what should i do right now well this feels this gives me this immediate gratification, but then you also have all these long-term goals that you've set for yourself. Like I want to exercise more. Well, right now, I mean, sitting on the couch watching breaking bad feels really good to me right now. So shouldn't, isn't that what my body's trying to tell me it wants to do, you know? Well, one of the, Oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, that's, I'm done with that thought. (laughs) Well, I mean, one of the things that, uh, one of the first big aha moments for me with all of this stuff was when I when I was an article that I read online, and we should probably put some of these in the show notes. Uh, yeah, if we can dig them up, I have this one saved somewhere. But uh, they, they they did a study and they found that people, when they make decisions, um, they basically your brain is basically designed or structured or you know the way the way it is. Let's put it that way. Uh, it sees you in the future, you know, your future self, you as, you know, 10 years down the road as a stranger, as somebody else as not you. So the, the reason it's more difficult for you to make decisions, long-term decisions that are healthy or, um, you know, beneficial, especially because a lot of those require sacrifices in the present, you know, they require the, the, the present you to have to, to go without or to do something. It's, it's, you know, not all that interested in doing, but it, the way your brain perceives it is that you're doing it for somebody else, not for yourself. So that's why you're even less likely to do it. Cause you're like, Oh, this isn't even for, you know, what do I get out of this? And you don't, you, you literally don't, 
perceive the this this long term benefit as you know something that you're gonna you're gonna get or you know, you're gonna benefit from. So it's an interesting concept when you realize that because that's you know when you get into a lot of this stuff you real you, a lot of times people I and we get I think we touched on this last episode where you know people identify with uh, maybe, maybe not maybe I just been thinking about this all week but. Um, you know, you identify with habits and behaviors and, and traits and things like that, but they're not necessarily you. And I think this is one of those cases where, you know, you, you realize, oh, well, if your brain is structured, if the way the brain is structured, it, it results in you having this experience. You know, up until that point, I had kind of always just thought like, well, you know, obviously, like you said, doesn't my body want to do what's what's healthy for me or, you know, you know, maybe I don't want to do this. And then you realize like, this has nothing to do with you. Like you're identifying with something that's like built into the machinery. You know, you, it's not, there's no, this isn't you or your behavior or I'm sorry, your personality or something. This is completely something that's like literally built into, you know, there's, there's the only way, you know, there's not even a way around it. The way around it is to just know that, you know, you can't get rid of it. And that when it comes up, you just have to consciously, be aware of that and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to have to work past this because I, I, I know what's going on here, but it's just, it's interesting how you can get, you can get derailed on trying to break a bad habit or establish a, a good one by, you know, identifying with, with behaviors that aren't, you know, that are in conflict with what you want, you think you want because you think, oh, well, that's just not me. And it's like, nope, that's, has nothing. It's not, it's not you at all. It has nothing to do with you at all. It's completely impersonal. So. Yeah. It's like these, these, um, habits that kind of come from Facebook and apps and, you know, basically cultural, cultural like influences. It's kind of like they hijack your, your reward system. So it's like, you're kind of unconsciously following the habits that somebody else wants you to follow and then and they 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 work better than your own goals and habits that you can put for yourself like i want to exercise more but like everyone there's so much there's so much influence in all of the all of the other habits that you do that it's so hard to remove yourself from those habits and actually put something as addictive as facebook or um, you know, smoking a cigarette or whatever and making that put to put that towards your exercise goal. Like there's been things that have tried, but in the end, it's like, oh, you just it's hard to unplug yourself from those false, those synthetic reward systems that that you've you've, I guess, sort of put yourself into. Like you didn't you maybe you got into it and then you got sucked in. I mean, how many people how many people have told me that they never were going to go on Facebook and then they just decided whatever and then they're they're on it all the time and, or they well, they'll, they'll say they won't do their they won't do their long-term goals or they won't like they say they're going to write a book or something and then they never write their book but they have plenty of uh tv watching time right i mean and, and the, you know the, the tv and the book thing definitely plays into that whole you know you in the future as being a different person but i mean the facebook thing i think ties into you know, it ties into that, that, that behavioral environmental thing I was mentioning earlier, where if you're in the situation, you know, cause that's the thing is you get on Facebook and that, what do you hear from people? If you're not on Facebook, everybody's on Facebook though. You know, that's for everybody. That's for, you know, you don't get invited to things if you're not on Facebook, cause that's where people invite people to things. And that's where, you know, 
like everybody knows everything before you see them. Like I like the fact that when I go, when I see some of my friends, I don't know what the hell's going on with them. When I see them, we actually can have a conversation. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing because I don't, because a, you don't post a million times. And if, even if you did, I'm not reading it. So I actually, we have something to talk about and it's like, you know, but when everybody is quote unquote is on Facebook, that's, you know, it, it's, it's no different than what I said earlier about being at the bar and wanting to have a cigarette because everybody else was doing it. So you get into these, these, like you said, you're, 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 again, you're outsourcing yourself to these other people and letting them just, you know, dictate or, and they're not even, it's not like they're doing this consciously. It's just that you're not making any conscious decisions for yourself. And it's, you know, that's uh, another habit that I'm trying to establish is to be more vigilant on those on that uh, that front as well because that's a you know that's if you i think it was mark twain or i don't somebody it was somebody famous that said you're basically the the average of the five people you spend the most time with and it's like i've seen that happen you know i've seen myself pick up bad hate habits and traits and and vice versa and pick up good ones too but i've I've seen I, i don't know if it's if I'm more susceptible to it or I'm just more aware of it cause it's me, but I feel like I am more susceptible to it. So I got to be more uh, conscious of, of those situations. You know, I've, I mean, to be honest, most of the bad habits I've picked up were uh, social behavioral environmental, you know, fitting in kind of, you know, I smoked because everybody else did. I don't think I would have smoked, uh, you know, had I not been around a bunch of people that smoked, I think I picked it up because I wanted to fit in, you know, and I think that's a huge, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'm an adult. I don't, that stuff doesn't affect me. And it's, that's a bunch of BS. It totally affects everybody for the rest of their lives. You know, it's like fitting in is, we, that's another hardwired part of being a human being is that we're social animals and it's, you're, you're, you're wired to be, you know, to, to want to desire to be part of the pack, you know, and it's, it's a hard thing to overcome. And if the pack's doing a bunch of stuff that's, uh, not good for it. You're still going to want to do those things because you're wired to, to go along with the crowd, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I think we should um, transition or not necessarily transition, but let's talk about how to break bad habits because, you know, we've talked a lot about these insidious kind of habits that get in the way of what we really want to do. And, um, and it first, the, the first step is really to be mindful of what those, of what things that you do that you would consider things you'd like to change, you know, stuff you want to stop doing. Stop overeating, stop drinking, stop smoking, you know, stop going on social media so much, you know, stop checking email first thing in the morning, you know, all all sorts of things that you've identified for yourself that you're like, this is probably something I should quit. So, well, before I get into that, I found that quote. (laughs) It's um, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Mm. And I think that is it really is key because it's like, oh, my God, because sometimes I get confused on what it is that I want because I'm trying to like read signals from my body, from my intuition, from my list of goals. It's like I want to write my book. But like right now, I feel like I really want to like watch this YouTube video, you know, like go down this rabbit hole and has nothing to do with how I said I wanted to write my book last week or last month, you know. And you get you get burnt out on habits and all this kind of stuff. But we'll get into like actually accomplishing good habits um, after this. But like, let's talk about breaking bad habits. And one thing that you you mentioned that was key, I'm going to list right off the bat is changing your environment. Go into that. Mm -hmm. Go into that a little bit, George, because I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the smoking one. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's really much more to to it than what I mentioned earlier. I mean, it's it's just, you know. I don't have like the, the 
articles in front of me to cite, but it's basically you get into these these cycles, and I forget what the exact uh, uh, the exact order and, and what the exact terms are, but it's like you know there's a tr- there's a cue or a trigger. Yeah, trigger trigger, trigger routine reward. Okay, right. So you know the trigger is you know that that would be my friends. I'm, I'm at the bar and my my friend uh, is going out for a cigarette. And then the routine is I get up off the bar stool, go outside, have a cigarette with them. And then the reward is, you know, the cigarette or whatever. So usually it's the social like comfort. You're kind of back into that comfort. You know, what's that? It's like the social sort of fitting in and the comfort, you know, it's like familiarity back to, right. Like, uh, it's like a relieving of some sort of tension. Well, there's probably like 18 different things in that going on right. there. You know what I mean? You get the social, you get the change of scenery, you get the, you know, the familiarity of, of the, because the, the routine stuff, what I find is, is a huge part is that you, you tend to like your brain isn't smart enough to know that like, it just wants to keep doing what it is familiar with, whether it's good or bad for you. Like it doesn't, it's, it's not smart enough to like make that decision. So it's, you, you actually, your body will, you know, make you feel good if you do something that's familiar. So that's, you know, and, and I guess that touches on the, uh, you know, the environmental changes. Like that's, it's, it is weird. I mean, we definitely talked about this last time where when I took a, started taking a break from just, you know, going to the bar on a regular basis and stuff like that. It was, I had more of an anxiety about like not doing my pattern and not being in these environments or doing the same things. That was probably more difficult than any, you know, anything else was, it was the breaking of the environmental routines. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the first things that you have to do is like, just get over that, you know what I mean? So, if, yeah, it's easy to say, just change your environment. But for a lot of people, sometimes you can't, I mean, they can't do that. But if you can do that, it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel weird. You're not going to feel like, you know, you're like, you know, you're going to feel again, you know, it's what do I do with my hands? You know, it's like the whole, this now it's like, what do I do with my whole, you know, <laughs> everything, you know, cause you're not in that environment anymore. But what you find is that that environment had a lot of signals and triggers and cues that were, you know, reinforcing that this is where I, I do this bad habit. So, I mean, you know, let's, let's take it like, cause I mean, I'm trying to think of another bad habit besides smoking that we could apply this well, to. Well, like, I got a couple. Like, yeah, like just for, like coffee, right? Like I'm at I'm in the office, and it's like there's a prime environment for just going up and getting another cup of coffee. It's like unlimited, you know. Or like if I'm going out somewhere and say you're shopping at Target, hey, there's a Starbucks inside Target, and I'm just the Giant Eagle, and there's a Starbucks inside Giant Eagle now, a grocery store. And it's like every little environment that you put yourself in, there's all sorts of triggers to go grab a cup of coffee while you shop. Or like, you know, if you're shopping at the mall, everyone's stopping to get their latte, you know, and that's what those that too. So for me, while I'm in the office, there's a lot, anytime I'm like uncomfortable or bored or at the end of a task or something like that, there's triggers of like going to get coffee. And here's another, another example of being in the office. Like someone brings donuts in, someone brings in cupcakes, cake, any sort of little thing that the office brings in, everyone's doing it. Oh, you know, I've been trying to stay away from sweets, but like, oh my God, everyone's eating a donut and it looks so good and it smell it. And, you know, it's like, this is the environment, you know, like, how do you change that? Well, I mean, that's pretty drastic change unless you're, you know, you can't like exactly quit and because you didn't want donuts, you know? Yeah, right. right. I mean, 
that's a, it's interesting. You, everything you brought up was an external thing, you know, a, a drug, a food, or something like that. Tr- I was trying to think of is there any like any bad habits people try to stop that are like not non you know non chemical or substance related. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, is there? I guess you could have like I mean, you know. The, you know, like the kind of stream of consciousness, the self-talk, the, the, the way, you know, the habit of the way you think is, is probably one, one of those, you know. The, oh, yeah, yeah. Instant, instantly criticizing yourself or looking on the negative side of things, you know. Right. Yeah, finding, okay. the, finding the problems with people or just like immediately thinking someone's out to get you or like someone's thinking bad about you or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I, what I, the reason I brought that up is I was, I was trying to get away from like, because like you said that you know, with the coffee and stuff like that, those things, sometimes you can't avoid all that stuff, but the stuff that's internal that you have a little bit more, cause uh, I always lean towards the stoic philosophers and it's like approach these things, you know, with the, with the things that you have control over the things that you can make a change. in. and a lot of times, like you said, you can't quit your job just because people like to bring in donuts, you know, it's like, that's not going to happen. So, you know, what I was trying to think of some, some bad, habits that we could talk about that are more um, like where the environment is in your control uh, where, you know, if you, or, or where the, you know, the, the habit itself isn't, isn't an external thing. It's something that's, that's cause I mean, hmm. like what, what else? Cause like, like not exercising isn't a bad habit. You know what I mean? It's, that's the opposite. That's a good habit that you're not doing. So. Well, there's procrastination maybe. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a bad habit or like sleeping in, you know, like showing up yeah, late to everything. That, yeah, that's a good, those are good ones. Those are good ones. So yeah, cause I was just, I'm trying to wrap my head more around, like how can we expand this a little bit more to mm-hmm. not just smoking, not just coffee and, and stuff like that. Because, you know, the, the, I'm trying to think of how the environmental cues would play into that. I, I really do think though that it's, it's, we get into these routines, you know, and that's one of the things from, you know, at least in my situation, I found that the more I, I, I don't get stuck in in routines and old routines or I'm or the more flexible or more willing I am to try something new or to do something new or, you know, maybe even start a new routine, the less likely I am to get stuck into these old ways of thinking. And I think that may be part of the, you know, the environmental thing is like just mixing things up. Like, like I said, when I was out visiting my brother, when I was out of town, just being in that environment, you know, that changed a lot of things for me, some good and some bad, but you know, it wasn't like, uh, it, I mean, it literally changed the way I was thinking about things. It changed the way I was acting and stuff like that. Or, you know, the, the behaviors that I was, I was doing because, you know, some of it, I didn't have control of the environment, but, uh, I guess like, you know, I, I might be going off topic here a little bit. I just, I'm just, like I said, I'm just trying to get, a feel for, for some bad habits. Well, some that other habits are like, you know, keeping a cluttered house, like there, yeah, that's another you know, good one. Hoarding and, um, shopping and that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, attention seeking approval seeking. Um, yeah, I don't think those are some good psychological ones. Like approval seeking habit. I mean, I can, I can probably bet that a lot of listeners, have that habit you know i i'm i'm dealing with that all the time trying to like am i what am i doing right now am i acting because i'm trying to seek approval or am i acting because i'm going after what i want you know right right 
and I'm, I, I'm, you know, I might have thrown a little bit of a monkey wrench in here with like, as far as the environmental thing, I might have gone too far off that that topic. I well, what are know. some other ways that we can break these habits? I mean, I think, well, like meditation is the mindfulness basically is the is like the key to recognizing when you are acting, and the sooner you can catch yourself acting in in these ways then the sooner you can step in front of it and catch it off, you know, like nip it in the bud, basically. And, I agree. Yeah. And then you get to experience mindfully, consciously, like you're aware, like, oh, my God, here's my trigger. And wow, look how uncomfortable I feel as I try not to try not to engage in my in that routine, that habit. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, another good thing about the um, the environmental shift is I, I believe the, in, the environmental shift also does play into the, that mindfulness aspect because when you're not in your routine and your habit and your familiar surroundings, you are more, if you're, if you're not buried, your face isn't buried in your smartphone, you are more aware of your surroundings and how you're acting. And, you know, you could even say it's being a little self-conscious to some degree, but you know, it's more of a, about being self observational, but it's definitely something where I found that by doing new things or changing up things, you know, from, and not, and not going, being in the places where I used to do those old bad habits, I was more aware of when the, like you said, the urge did come up. So I, you know, and, and that paired with meditation, I really do think that an, an environmental change, even if it just means once a week, you decide to do something different. You don't have to like, you know, move out of state because you're trying to quit smoking. It's the idea is more of like, what can I do? You know, to like, like when I realized some of my triggers were triggered by things that had nothing to do with the cigarettes, that's when I was like, oh, well, this is, you know, this isn't a cigarette. So that carried over into other things that were more behavioral based. You know, for me, it was a lot of uh, thought processes, but I, I was like, oh, this is just a habitual thought process. I'm just doing this because, you know what I mean? And I was able to more, uh, I was more mindful of my thought processes because I was in a different environment. So yeah 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 and i recognize that whenever i'm on vacation or Mm -hmm. i i tend to not look at my phone as much like i don't i just don't have the i don't know what it is it's almost like 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 i want i desire more to be in the present moment when i'm out on vacation experiencing something new because it's like i don't want to miss out on this on the novelty of being someplace new or experiencing something different so it's like i don't want to lose myself in my phone whereas if i'm at home that there's all sorts of instances where I just default into looking at my phone and it's like, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But like another way of changing the environment, George is like, you know, if, if you're trying to quit smoking, then, you know, try, just don't have cigarettes in your house, in your vicinity. Don't have the food in the vicinity, put your phone in a different room, you know, like, or turn it off or turn off all your notifications. If you're trying to focus, you know, it's like, just take the stuff out of the room, rearrange stuff, make it a little uncomfortable or make it so it's not as easy. Right. You know? Or like if you're trying to build a habit, put your running shoes by your bed, you know, right. they, say, they say to do those things or make it like, so you don't have to think. Well, that's, and that's a big, you know, big part of the, uh, making some of these things work, um, is it's, it's the, it's making them default. I mean, nobody has to think, I mean, one of the habits everybody has, I mean, I hope everybody has it, but you know, everybody brushes their teeth when they wake up before they go to bed. Hopefully. I mean, at least when you wake up, I would assume, but mm-hmm. you know, nobody thinks about that anymore. And what I, you know, one of these, another, uh, another tip that I've, I stumbled across, you know, you know, when I was getting into this stuff was, 
the idea of like anchoring a habit to another habit that's already established. So like, okay, you get up and you, you brush your teeth. Like you said, you know, put, if you, if you want to do something, you know, put a, a pen and a notebook right next to your toothbrush and say, when I'm done brushing my teeth, I'm going to write a paragraph of my novel or whatever. So it just becomes eventually, cause I, you know, I've found that by doing and it's it sounds, you know, very, uh, simple or I, I, you know, I'm trying to think of a, of a negative word, but it, it doesn't sound very effective, but it, it's probably the most effective thing that I've found was to chain a new habit to the, to an existing one, you know? So that's like, Oh yes, that's absolutely right. It absolutely does work. Yeah. I, I do this right after I do that. And then, you know, the trick is also one of the things they talk about is you have to have, uh, um, they have to be, you have to make small changes and they have to be, you know, you have to be able to get a reward from it. You have to get a sense of accomplishment, accomplishment from it. So it's like, don't say, you know, like, let's say you wanted to start eating better. You don't like go to, go to the, uh, you know, the food, the the produce department and just buy all, you know, you don't start from scratch and just buy all new food and change all your, your behaviors all at once. That's never going to work. It's going to be too overwhelming. What you need to do is just say every day uh, for one of my meals, I'm going to, add one vegetable, one serving of it with one vegetable. And I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. So that way you're establishing a small change. It's, you know, the habit of eating is you don't even have to worry about that's not even a habit, but uh, you know, every day at dinner, say for, or lunch, whatever, you just have a, some broccoli or you have a different one every, you know, every day of the week, whatever you want to do, but you, in, you do it slowly and you chain these things in slowly. So you don't say, I'm going to write a chapter of a book tomorrow you say, I'm going to write one sentence or I'm going to write one paragraph. You can, and it's like, it's more about, it's not, it's not about how much you got done. It's more about that. You do it every single day on a very consistent basis to the point where eventually you're, you know, like I said, with the brushing the teeth, you're not even thinking about it. This is just what you do. This is just how the day get like, Oh, I just, I just do this after that. You don't even, you know what I mean? You're not even, yeah analyzing it anymore you're not even you know that's that's one of the big things they talk about is it has to get ingrained into your into your experience to the point where you're not you're no longer making decisions about these things you're just doing them you know what i mean yeah you said so many good things i think it's a good time to transition to into building new habits i mean on one last point on getting rid of bad habits is like if you're trying to eliminate a habit you um, you need to replace it with something like um, you you have your trigger, your routine and your reward. So like when you have your trigger and you're trying to change your routine, you you can't just it's harder to just ignore it and deal with the frustration. It's better to have a, a new habit in place of it. And right. it could be a slight, slight variation. So instead of when I feel frustrated at work or bored and I normally go up and get a cup of coffee, well, maybe I'll replace that cup of coffee with a cup of tea, you know, or like. Just something simple like that, you or right. or replace it with a, um, a walk around the block, or mm-hmm. you know something that's like just slightly different, and that's that's important. But like what George said about the um, the tiny habits, the small habits that you do, like like the writing the one sentence, like that's actually really really key. And when I first started my getting up early uh, morning routine habit, there was I. I tried to get up early and I failed the first day and then I got up early the next day and I was like all pumped and I got up two hours, you know, an hour early the next day. And then I started slowly fading back into my old habits. And I'm like, well, I, I guess I'm not a morning person. I guess I'm not going to do this. 
But it wasn't until I read, you know, Zen Habits and The Power of Habit when they talked about the small the small things and trying to get yourself out of the thought process where you're not actually using willpower to decide to do the habit, but you just do it based on instinct and habit and memory. And, you know, when you're when you're learning a new instrument, you're, you're fumbling all around until you get your muscle memory. So it's like until you get your muscle memory and your the way that your body moves in the morning or whatever it is, so you can do it on autopilot. So how do you get something on autopilot? And you do that by by starting off really, really small and doing it as consistently as possible and then giving yourself the reward. Sometimes the reward is in the doing of it. But what you said, George, about the chaining, the linking, what you're doing is setting up your trigger. So it's like when the TV comes on, I normally go get a bowl of cereal or whatever. So like when the TV comes on, that's when I'm going to do X. Or, you know, when I wake up in the morning and I brush my teeth, I'm going to look in the mirror and say three affirmations or something like that. So right. I'll, I'll talk about my morning routine because it was like I started off with if I can just get up early, then I'll fill it with all sorts of other good habits. I just need to build up the waking up early habit first. And that's called a keystone habit. It's a habit that builds other habits. So it's like it's it's definitely a known fact that like if you exercise more, you'll be more inclined to do if you if you, you'll be more inclined to do a lot other habits. So it's like if you can wake up early, it just builds other positive habits like so much easier. So I I tricked myself into getting up early by trying to make it feel like Christmas. Cause I mean, if there's one time a year where you have no trouble sleeping, you get up, well, not no trouble sleeping, trouble actually staying out of bed. I mean, you go into, you go into bed and you're, you know, you want to get up as fast as possible. You know, there's presents under the tree. So it's like, you're super excited. It doesn't matter how little sleep you get. So how could you make that like your experience to help you build this habit of waking up early? And I mean, I did it. I, I took advantage of the fact that, a show like Breaking Bad was terribly addicting and I loved the show. So I would actually just watch it in the morning instead of at mm. nighttime. That's, that's a good, that's a good move. Yeah. So it's like, instead of watching it before bed or whatever, or trying mm. to de- trying to delay going to bed because for whatever reason, I don't want to end my day. I'd rather like end the day and then start it off with like the thing that I was, it's going to be really fun. And then after that, if I'm still awake and still up, I've had my coffee, I've had an episode of Breaking Bad, and now I've got a half an hour before i got to get ready for work. So now is perfect time to do other stuff. So I threw in journaling, meditation, yoga, exercise. I tried a ton of different things, you know, and then a lot of them stuck. And I, and I used, you know, assisting, I used some tools to assist me, like Lyft. Um, I know you're a user of Lyft, um, George, but a habit building app you know it's something on your phone to kind of help you check in on a daily basis so you're kind of keeping track of like oh i've got a streak of 10 meditations going you know i don't want to screw that one up but but yeah so like the more if i've established that waking up early habit and it did become sort of ingrained where waking up early was my default mode and if i wasn't waking up early i felt really out of place and like oh i was cheating i was losing you know <laughs> and that's, a, that's a, it brings up a good point because i what i found is that you, you know that you've done your your habit long enough where it feel like your goal is to f- to make it feel weird not to do it you know what i mean so like for me when i you know and i, I see this with people uh, online and people i've talked to you know, about meditation and stuff like and different, you know, things like that, where they're like, Oh, I just can't get into it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm beyond that point. I got to the point where now I feel not only do I look forward to it, but I feel I, I have a little bit of an anxiety of not doing it, you know? And 
what that tells you is that you can, you know, all of these habits that you've picked up are programmable, you know, they're reprogrammable as well. So like, you, like you said before, uh, I'm not a morning person, quote unquote. Uh, well, I, I'm not, but I mean, you can, you can reprogram yourself to do that stuff. So it's like, when you say I'm not, it's like, no, that's just, that's just the, the habits that you've had up to this point. And you really can change things. And I think, you know, speaking of the keystone, you know, my keystone habit was making the bed. I picked that up from some, some dude on Lyft, but I was like, why would you, who cares about making your bed? But I'll tell you what, I, I'm telling, I tell everybody, I'm like, just start making your bed in the morning. It doesn't even have to be a good job. I don't even do a good job. I just make sure it's relatively, you know, tidy, but it will change things for you. If you just make sure you do that. Oh, it's, it's weird, man. Like I, I, my two, my, I call them the bookend habits is I make the bed in the morning and I make sure that my dishes are all done before I go to bed at night. And so those are, that's the two things that I do before, you know, outside of like brushing your teeth and all that kind of stuff. I just, you know, for the house, I guess it's just like, it's, it's, they sound so dumb and so mundane. That's, I shouldn't say dumb. Just, it sounds so, you know, so lackluster, but yeah, I, yeah it's, but it's, it's, it really made a big difference for me. So I'm like, cause you know, I work, I'm not sure if what your situation is, but I'm working at home. So I walk by my bedroom on a regular basis. I got a tiny house and, uh, you know, see, just seeing the bed made, I'm like, yes, I, I, I accomplished something today. You know, even as dumb as that sounds and how, uh, as simplistic as it might seem, that's like, that's really what they're getting at with all this stuff is that you need to have those small victories and you need to have a little bit of reward. And I like your idea of, of the reward, you know, and you tapped, uh, touched on exactly what they say. The reward has to come after the new behavior and replacing a reward or replacing an old reward with a new reward is a great way to do things too. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I think I want to pick up a habit like that. I mean, right now I get up, my wife's still in the bed. So <laughs> be like, Hey, pardon me. I'm, uh, making the bed. But I think what it's good to like, maybe get up and so, so say for example, in my house, there's like a throw blanket, you know, usually like kind of tossed aside and the pillows are all messed up on the couch, but it's like, I can wake up, go in there, set the pillows nicely and fold the blanket. And it's like, every time I would walk through the living room. I would see it looks nice in there. And it was like, right. and just that's two minutes, not even of what it takes to do that. It just, it will set your mind at ease because you feel productive, accomplished, like right off the bat. And right. And it's, the, you can do that automatic too. You don't even have to think about it. It's not, I don't, it's not like I don't writing anymore. a paragraph in your book. <laughs> yep. It's, and that's what I like about these, these, that's the making the bed. It's just, there's no thought involved. You don't have to do it well. There's nobody judging you. There's no, you know what I mean? There's nothing there's no sense of ego attached to how well, I mean, I guess some people might have a hang up about that stuff, but yeah. you know, the, but the big thing that they say is with all of this stuff is, and the reason that the, that the, the habits have to be small, at least to start with, and then you, you can expand from there once they're established, but you need to have that accomplishment. You have to accomplish something. And then once you accomplish something, you get a sense of self-esteem and as, as ridiculous as it sounds, you still get a self-esteem improvement from making your bed. It's because you chose to do it. You followed it through, you follow, follow that through. And then you can look back and go, I, I did that. I accomplished that. And I, that was one of the things I set out to do. So those small, you know, seemingly insignificant things all really add up. And that, that kind of really touches on, you know, something that you don't think about too, is like how many of these unconscious behaviors I have are adding up to 
affect my life. You know, like the thoughts that I have or the behaviors that I do, or these, you know, there's a, there's a lot of small things that may be detracting from that self-esteem, which is going to de- erode your willpower. It's going to make you less likely, you know, like, cause you said before, once you start exercising, that will spill over into wanting to do other uh, healthy and positive things, you know, add more habits. And I really believe that it has to do with the fact that you're like, I can do this stuff. Cause that's a big thing when you realize mm-hmm. That you can, when you change one, like for me, you know, quitting smoking was a big one. When I realized I had that control, I was like, I'm going to do some other things now. You know what I mean? And it really just took its own life. And I was like, I want to, you you realize that you had, you know, I think that's one of the things you don't realize you have is control. You think you don't, or you behave as if you don't. And that spills over into the rest of your life. So that's why one bad habit can spill into another one, into another one. But once you show a little bit of, uh, you know, backbone, you feel good about yourself, that self-esteem goes up. And then you, you, that feeling when you're not getting that re- that dopamine hit from all this other nonsense or from unhealthy sources, you do get a dopamine hit from those little, little small victories. And, and, and you want more of that. Like it's like you said, you know, about doing the folding up the blanket on the couch. I was never like the, I'm not a neat and tidy person. I mean, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm better than I used to be, but I'm mm-hmm. not the, you know, I'm not the cleanest or the most organized person, I should say, but I'm getting more like that because I'm like, oh, I want to clean that up. I don't want that to be. A, and it's more about setting little challenges for myself. And I'm, uh, it's, I'm getting a kick out of, or I'm getting a, a dopamine hit out of accomplishing these small things, you know, that especially when they're at odds with how I formerly perceive myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we get a dopamine hit from checking something off a list, you know, that's why there's so many to do list apps out there. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> when you mentioned earlier about being on the, you know, speaking of do- the dopamine, that was something that I'd, I thought when you mentioned about going on vacation and not wanting to be on the phone, I mean, being on vacation, you have novelty when you're at home, you don't have novelty. Your routines tend to not bring you any, the novelty is where the dope, you know, the dopamine hit comes from novelty, something new, you know, the newness of something. And uh, so it's, it's makes a lot of sense that you would, when you're out of your habit, your routine and your pattern and the day-to-day, you know, repetitiveness that you won't need those external dopamine hits. But, you know, when you're, you're in your day-to-day life, that's where you're looking for that stuff. And that's why I think, changing up these little habits, adding a little new thing to challenge yourself every day. You know, and like, like I said before, just say, I'm going to eat some vegetables with every dinner, you know, it doesn't just, even if you just eat one piece of one vegetable, it's those little things that I think you got to, that can be a, a, a healthy monkey wrench, you know, a positive mo- monkey wrench in, in the, in, in the works where you. Yeah. Such- you talked about um, like the novelty, right. And like, okay. I've been doing this wake up early habit for a while and I've been meditating for over a year and a half and all these other things, all these great habits, but then they become part of the novel. They become part of the routine. They mm-hmm. become, then they, they get old. So it's like, Oh great. I've been exercising and meditating and doing affirmations and doing like morning routine. You know, it starts to turn into just the same old day. And then you're, and then like suddenly now your phone looks a lot more attractive. Right. What someone's posting on Facebook looks a lot more interesting than what you're going to get out of meditation for the 89th time in a row. Like, you know, it's, it's, you, you get burnt out. So it's like, how do you add novelty to the good habits that you've already established? If you, when, when someone gets to that point, that's a good question. I don't have no idea. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I still deal with that myself, but I think, 
you know, we're both fans of the war of art, uh, Stephen yeah. Pressfield's book. And one of the things that I always come back, I mean, I re- reread that book at least every 60 days, if not more often, especially when I, you know, feel like I need it. But I have uh, certain passages just like blazed in my brain. And one of them is the, I don't know if you remember it. It's the uh, Henry Fonda story where he talks about how Henry Fonda, who at the time was, I mean, I, I don't know. Is, there, is he still alive now? I don't even know, but you know, he's up in his eighties or his nineties or something like that, still acting and still said he was on the inside the actor studio and told uh, the host that he's like, I still get so nervous before I go up on stage that I throw up. And the point of, of Pressfield bringing that up is that he said, you know, what Fonda realized was that never goes away. And what your job is to do is to work, figure out a way to work past it. And so in the case of the, the, the new, the positive routines, you know, losing their novelty, that's been my solution, you know, is what I do is I go, I don't, it doesn't matter if you don't like doing it, you, you know, it's good for you. And it doesn't, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of the healthy things that I like or, or that I've, you know, I've started up. They've become routines for me now where it's, it does feel weird when I don't do them only out of the fact that it would be feel weird not to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? So it's like, I've gotten to that point with most of them where I'm like, nope, I just do it. I don't even, I don't listen to that little part of my brain that tries to talk me out of it anymore. But I think, you know, that Henry Fonda story really plays into what you need to do with some of this stuff is that you're, you're not going to get, you know, it's, you're, you're not going to get a reward. You're not going to get a pat in the back. I mean, cause that's one thing with all this stuff is that, a lot of people, and like you said before, you're seeking approval or looking for external validation with stuff. I think I think you're you're touching on something along those lines, but I think that plays a big factor in a lot of this stuff with people. And I know it did for me, where you know you want someone to go, "Hey, good job," or you know, and apps like Lyft and some other social networks that are centered around this stuff. I think they play into this where you know you get some some feedback from other people to to kind of keep you going, to coach you, or to cheerlead for you, or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, I think if you can get these things into being new routines and patterns where it feels weird not to do them, then you can get past all of that, all that crap of having to get some kind of feedback or, or reward from doing it or whether it's psychological or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's true. And, um, and I think, you know, when you get to the point where you're like, okay, it's like meditating, I'm, I'm getting burnt out on it, or like my waking up early habit no longer feels novel. And it just feels like the same old thing. I no longer feel like I'm getting up early anymore. It's this, it's the time I always get up. So there is no rush of getting up before you used to. So I think what you, here's some two, two things that I thought that, that can actually help with that instead of just pushing through, you know, like you said, the Henry Fonda story, which I think is, is good. It's valid. It's overcoming that resistance that you have because you're not always going to be able to have that novelty or be able to change, but is to reduce your addiction to novelty through turning off all, all this artificial stimulus that's feeding you novelty all the time. And then as you kind of kind of reprogram your brain to appreciate novelty in smaller ways like nature and other um, subtler ways that will give you little hits of dopamine when you see rather than being fed like constant novelty at a fast pace all day through your phone, through TV, through media and, and wherever else. Right. So if you can reduce that in your environment, you'll be more attuned. Um, and then, and then add that novelty into your routines that you're currently burnt out on 
like say meditation, you're burnt out onto it. What can you do differently that's going to actually spice it up for you? Like for me, I would maybe download a new meditation app or something like that or read a new book about meditation just to kind of reignite the spark because it kind of dies out. You know, you get you get in a groove and then that turns into a ditch. Right. And then you're just like, ugh, it doesn't feel fun anymore. You know, you can't and you don't have the 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 reward that you used to like when you start a habit like you're getting all kind of reward and then eventually those rewards you get used to it and then those no longer feel as good you can you know what i mean and sometimes stop the habit for a little bit until you build up this craving for it again and then you can when you dive back into it then you have a like a newfound appreciation you might it might bring back that novelty again so those well, are those are my two tips on that and I, I, those are, I totally agree with those. And I think, you know, when I mentioned at the outset with uh, being on that, uh, uh, you know, being out of town for almost two weeks, when I went to visit my brother, mm-hmm. I really, I, I, you know, that wasn't something I did on purpose, but I, I, I was actually really into the groove of a lot of my habits and stuff. And I was actually kind of bummed out that I had to, I knew I was going to disrupt those a little bit. And I, and I you know, had to deal with that, you know, and I got out there and it took me a while. I actually, I'm not going to go off on the tangent there, but uh, it has some insights about, you know, why I reach, you, know, you see like meditation retreats and they always say, oh, 10 days is where you want it. And I really realized that it takes you a while to get out of your routines and then to really be where you're at. And by the time I was on my, you know, the, the, the sixth or seventh day out there, I realized like I, I was out of my routine. I wasn't really doing, you know, I wasn't doing the habits every day. But when I got back home, I was really energized to do them again because I hadn't been able to do them, even though I, I wasn't burned out. I was just kind of prevented from through circumstance from doing them. And so I was like, you know, I can attest to what you're saying is that even if it's not, you know, something, even if you're not burned out by taking a break, you can come back and go. Cause that's, you know, I, I, I was at a point where I was kind of, little disillusioned with meditation for a while when I first started out and I had a buddy of mine online. Uh, I, was, I was like, any tips? And he was like, well, just don't meditate for two weeks. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, yeah, see, you're getting something out of it. You just don't realize it. You know? So I think that's something too, that you, you know, by taking a break, it might, um, you know, it might put it that more in contrast when you think about, Oh, I don't, I'm not getting anything out of this or I'm not, you know, I'm not enjoying this anymore. If you don't do it for two days and you might realize like, Oh yeah, I'm totally getting something out of this and I, I miss it, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I mean, yeah, you're totally spot on about that. You know, it's like sometimes I, I, I get these like moments where I'm just like, what's the point of these habits? Like, am I going to, is this, is this <laughs> how I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life is just kind of looking at this to-do list of habits that I've started for myself. Like it does this, is it ever end? You know, like eventually it gets to the point where it's like, that it, that becomes like your just ritual, your your life. You know what I mean? Because I mean, we have twenty four hours in the day. We do stuff all day, and who's in control of what we do? Like, is it us? Did we decide? Are we accomplishing what we want? Are we creating what we want? You know what I mean? That's like, where's that desire to create coming from? Is it coming from our sort of deep, true self of like what we want to make in this world, or is it kind of, you know, focused around? not feeling uncomfortable or, you know, being right. safe and, and just like not going against any grain, not, not trying to stand out or, you know, and it's like this mediocre existence that most of, I feel like Americans live in where they're just kind of mildly uncomfortable, but not enough to do anything about it and enough to buy stuff like to fix it. And then that's the, how they really kind of live. And I think if you don't consciously come up with, 
you know, habits are one thing, but really kind of small little goals and stuff for you to do. So you change your programming of your day daily routine into things that you created, then you get sort of default into what you kind of turn into like the mass sheep or whatever. It's a robot hive, man. You turn into that without even realizing it, you know? Well, you know, speaking of like, you know, what you're just talking about and like, you know, how do you, you know, avoid the, the getting the burned out. For me, I'll tell you what it is. It's that I can, without a doubt, say that my life has, has been improved since I did it. And I, you know, I guess maybe it's been, it hasn't been long enough, you know, since that period of time, but I was, I was in a, in a dark spot, you know, for a while. And I know how bad that was. And I, you know, like you mentioned at the outset, you know, I don't, I'm afraid that if I stop doing these things, I'm going to slip back there. And, I, and a part of that, it does, come into play here. But at the same time, I'm also like, I have like enthusiasm to, to do things like I'm experimenting with some, you know, food and some cooking things lately. And like things like I have like the, this, this urge to do things that in the past, I, I didn't even have the urge to do things I enjoyed in the past. Now I have the urge to find out what I might enjoy, you know, to try new things, which I was totally out of the question before. So, you know, for me, that's one of the things that, even though this stuff can be repetitive and it can, you know, it can at least on paper seem like, Oh, this is just like, you said it perfectly. Just, this is your new routine. So it's no longer, you know, it's not new. It's not a, it's not a new thing you're doing. But for me, I look at the quality of my life and I have the quality of my experience of my own life and contrast that with what it was, what it was that triggered me to start down this path, you know, and I can see such a huge and such a dramatic change that it's just, that's what fuels me on those days where I'm like, uh, you know, cause I mean, I, everybody goes through it. You know, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, again, this goes into the perfectionism thing a little bit, but I'm kind of a bulldog when it comes to this stuff. And I, I definitely pride myself on my, I have an app on the phone that keeps, you know, like you were saying, keeps track of my streaks. And I, you know, it's like a calendar that you can check off each day. And, uh, mm-hmm. I really get bummed out when I miss a day, but I, you know, you miss them. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I never let it go more than a day or two after that because I'm like, I just know like, yeah, you're going through a rough spot now and maybe a little bit it is you're a little burned out or it's repetitive, but in the long run, your life is better than it was. And that's really the goal of all of this stuff. And it, you know what? I used to think the same thing about like, is the, you know, is this what I'm going to do is just do these habits all day. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I'm happier. And I wasn't happy doing all the old stuff I was doing. And who cares? Like, that's okay. I'm okay with just doing this stuff. Maybe I don't know if I mentioned this the last time, but I'm like, I think maybe I'm just not as, 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 you know, this is the, maybe this is the kind of person I am. And maybe it's just part of, part of establishing new habits is part of accepting who you are, who may, and that may not be who you thought you were, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's a tendency for us to want to like overachieve, you know, and, um, and constantly do like, you know, you, you, you meditate a lot. You're familiar with like Buddhist teachings and all sorts of different types of meditations where it's about being rather than doing. And so I'll always fall into the trap of like constantly looking for this next thing to do. And then also worrying about my productivity and efficiency while doing it. Like, I just feel like, like I don't want to waste time. And it's like, I want to check something off a list. And there's like those, those mild little addictions to productivity and, and it's like, I'm mindful of it. I'm like, wow, who, who is it that's actually being frustrated with, the, with like a, a day where, you know, 
I just want to chill and relax and just be, you know, like say I want to go out in nature and spend three hours without doing anything. And then it's like, there's a frustration of somebody who wants to get up and move and do something, you know, it's like, and even if that doing is only like watching a movie off Netflix and checking it off my list, (laughs) I, I feel like that's productive in some way rather than if I'm just being and meditating you know it's like uh, i'm not getting anything done like i hate that i deal with the same thing man i it's it's that could be that may may be unhealthy i don't don't know i agree i mean it kind of is and i think there's two parts to it like one is a cultural program of workaholism of um productivity you know like what are you putting out What's the, you know, the ROI and, you know, coming from an entrepreneur and business owner's perspective, it's like, if you're not doing something that's going to generate money, it's a waste of time, you know, and mm-hmm. like we have that kind of drilled into our head as a culture and like, okay, you're an artist. So you want to go create some art, oh, but it's not going to generate any money for you. So it's like, well, you kind of feel guilty doing it. And I think that that thought process is kind of just such bullshit in a way. Like we've trained ourselves to think that it's only valuable to our life if it generates revenue, you know, in some roundabout way. And, but of course I know that's not all the way true, you know? And the other part about it is, um, well, so the first part was a cultural program of, um, being productive constantly. And I don't even, I don't even think it's being productive. I think it's a program to be busy. That's what it seems like. Yeah. 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 I think you're right about that too. Yeah. Be busy. That's another good one. Um, but the, the other thing is, is this sort of like mild anxiety that I would have when I feel like I'm not doing something important that I want to be doing and I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like, ah, nothing on my habits, like is actually going to scratch this itch that I have. I don't know what this itch is. Maybe it's something in my phone. Oh no, nothing is good. You know, I'll check Reddit. I'll check Facebook. I'll check like all these things. Nothing's scratching this itch. And I don't know what that itch is, but I think my intuition is telling me that I don't know what that is, but it's it's like this longing for this greater purpose of something that I'm here on this planet. So this is where it gets a little bit like esoteric, where it's like there's an, there's something that I should be doing that maybe I'm not even it's not even in my awareness yet. You know, it's like a purpose that I'm supposed to be feeling. And I'm frustrated because I'm not doing it, but I don't know what it is yet. But at the same time, it may be, you know, it, it could be a thing where what you need to do is be comfortable with not doing anything. You know what I mean? That may be what that, that anxiety is. That anxiety is the anxiety of not, you know, of not like you said, not being productive. Cause I go through the same thing. I, exa- mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about, but it could be something bigger, but maybe it could be something very small. It could be a fact that we're not supposed to always be productive and always, you know, did, did I send you the link with the, the guy with the, the secret behind the 40 hour work week? Did I send that to you? I posted no. it on Twitter the other day. No, I haven't seen it. No, I'll, I'll send it to you. We can put it in the show notes. It's really interesting. It touches on a lot of these topics that you've just brought up that I, stuff I've been thinking about for a couple months now. But uh, the guy, the author really said it well, you know, put it well. But uh, I'll, I'll send that off to you. No, I think you had a great counterpoint to that because... If you're feeling an anxiety, it's usually because here's here's a here's a source for that anxiety that you would feel is something in your environment has caused a subconscious part of you to feel triggered like of some sort of pain. And maybe in the past 
when you were in a situation that's kind of similar, you experienced some sort of pain, some sort of shame or guilt trip from someone else or, you know, and I think I kind of I like to think of it when I was a kid, you know, and if I was playing or not doing chores, you know, I got in trouble. And I felt like what mattered wasn't wasn't really what I wanted. It was kind of like I had to be doing the important work, you know, the work that needed to be done. And if I was doing something extracurricular, I wasn't really rewarded for it. I was kind of guilt tripped for it. And especially if I was just lazy, if I didn't feel like doing anything, you know, if I was playing video games, it was fun for me whatever. But it was like there was a bad a badness to it when I was a kid, you know. And so, like, I internalize that subconsciously. So even if there's no one telling me to feel bad about it, it's like uh, there's like a, a discomfort or an unease kind of circulating through my body in the background, like on, on days when I'm not feeling very productive. Now, how, how would you get that as a kid to be this this uh, productivity anxiety as a kid? Like, I, Well, say it's like I'm I think it goes back to my dad, you know, like I'd be I'd be at home from school, like sitting on the couch. Maybe I'm uh, drawing or maybe I'm playing video games or just up to no good. You know what I mean? And then dad comes home. Oh, I didn't I didn't take out the trash or I didn't mow the lawn or I didn't uh, do this or do that. And it's like. Uh, you know, like I knew I was going to get yelled at when dad got home, you know, because I would feel bad. Like I wasn't doing like what my parents or the adults wanted me to do. And and I just felt like I wasn't good enough if I could, if I was. Uh, so there's some some approval or some external validation going on there for sure. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and it's it's a it's an authority thing, too. And I think it, it's attracted situations in my life where I will feel the need to please the authority figure. And then I feel good about being like, I'm productive if I've done all of the work that I was assigned, you know? Mm, right. And then if I, even if it was completely meaningless work that didn't right. do anything for me personally, I did it. And it's off my list. I made the boss satisfied, you know, it's like, all right, I'm a good worker. Therefore I'm value valuable. And that would feel us an, an awesome sense of like satisfaction and relief. I'd go home feeling good about my day, even though I had, I had, not chosen any of those tasks. I didn't say this is exactly what I want to do or create in my life. It was just checking off the lists of some other tasks that someone else assigned to me. So, and same that, that that also happens too when I've got an inbox full of emails and I've and I've gone to inbox zero. I've responded to all of the questions that people have of me. That you know, so I think to, it goes to the just the outside, you know influences and the validation and the approval like there's some satisfaction and then a, an, an unease when you feel like you may be falling behind on some obligations or something well it's, it, you know when you brought this up it, it triggered this thought in, my, in me that i never really thought about before but i you know because i go through the same thing i you know i even just went through this i think it was last night or the day before but you know i just like not motivated i know i should be there's things i want to get done i have projects that have very identical steps. You know, I know exactly what to do. I just have to sit down and do them. And I've been procrastinating on doing them. I, I'm, I can watch myself procrastinate. I, I even wrote down to myself. I'm like, you're procrastinating on that. I knew exactly what I was up to. Yep. Like I saw right through my own, my own ruse, but, uh, but it just struck me now that I think sometimes uh, the anxiety that I feel in those situations might stem from, you know, when I was, when I was growing up, my family, you know, didn't have a lot of money. So that was always something that was always a big, you know, that just that 
that flavored every experience that we had. You know, it was always, there was always a struggle with that. And I think that definitely, you know, when you said, you know, always doing something that's productive or something that could, you know, make money. I never, never really crossed my mind that when I have these anxieties that it could be related to that, where it's like, you know, you, you, whatever you do, all, everything you do has to be to make money because you don't want to end up like that. You know, the way that you grew up, you want to make sure that you're avoiding that, uh, that situation. So you need to be always making money you know, doing anything for, for frivolous or personal or, or just for, you know, or, or having a non-productive moment or, you know, cause like for me, I run into the problem where if I'm not, you know, it has to, I have to be like, I, and it, part of it is just because I enjoy them. But a lot of times I'm like, you know, I got to be listening to an audio book or a podcast that has information or I'm learning something or, I'm, you know, it's like, Oh yes, me too. I almost can't do, you know, stuff for that's frivolous. You know, I can't, I, I don't even listen to that much music anymore. So I'm like, Nope, I could, this is time I could be spending learning stuff. And, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know, it's almost like I'm addicted or I'm, I have a compulsion with that. It, you know, it's like, Oh like, yeah, you're right. I, I agree. I'm in the same boat. And I've, those are thoughts that I've thought this week, even, I mean, like, <laughs> it's like you can get down on yourself for just trying to enjoy like, <laughs> like the Browns game on Sunday, you know, like right, right. NFL football game. You're like, I'm, I'm like, I'll multitask and I'll like listen to an audio book while I'm watching it. Or I'll, I'll actually, I finished a, I finished a book while I was watching the game last week. <laughs> and that's like, I feel good about it. Cause it's like, well, okay. I, I kind of want to watch this game, you know, cause I've always done it and I like want to, I don't want to miss it and I want to watch it. But then it's like, I've got like five books I'm trying to finish. And it's like, it's a three hour thing. I'm sitting on my butt watching this game, four hour thing. You know what I mean? Perfect time to do it. I can't do dishes without listening to a podcast or an audiobook. It's hard to drive right. without listening to an audiobook or a podcast. Like, yeah, it's this information and I love it. I'm so insatiable. Like as soon as I finish one, where's the next one? I, it's like constantly queued up. I got a watch later list in YouTube. That's like overflowing. And yeah. And I love the multitasking ability. Like, to do a physical work that's kind of mundane and then having the audiobook or YouTube video or whatever that's kind of talking to me as I do it, that's a beautiful combination. It's like left brain, right brain working together. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't get too down on myself for doing it because I do know that like, like I've always been a big reader and I went through a big chunk of time, you know, up until a few years ago. I wasn't reading at all, you know, and I realized like that's a big part of my life that I was ignoring that I need that, you know, now that I have it back in, I'm like, Oh, I forgot how much I enjoy reading and, and, and thinking and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, so, so part of, part of me is like, it's, I don't think it's on the productivity level, but I think it can get out of hand to some degree where I, I did the same thing as you did. I'm like, all right, well, I, I don't have any books in my queue. I don't really know what I want to read or listen to. And I felt almost, I had an anxiety about not having something productive on the plate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was, I was like, well, why can't I just enjoy something? You know, like right now I'm, I'm making some, I'm learning how to ferment my own sauerkraut. And so I'm, of course I'm reading tons of stuff about that, you know? So it's, it's like, even though it's a, it's a hobby thing, I'm still learning, you know what I mean? And I'm still like, Oh, well, that, that counts, you know, so, but, and I think it does count to some degree, at least it's a little bit less, uh, it's a little bit more on the, uh, 
you know, on, a, on the lighter side or whatever, because it's not as, as mm-hmm. serious as some of this stuff can be. But mm-hmm. I think it can be, you know, that can, that can be a tricky thing where you're, uh, like you, so you put it, put it well with the, the anxiety about being productive. Like I've definitely experienced that a lot. It's weird because that word productive kind of has changed a little bit for me, like what actually productive means, because, you know, productive five years ago meant something completely different than productive now. Like, um, I think there's there's a productive consumption and learning and then productive production, like in making. Mm. Um, And those are two different sort of uh, feelings of accomplishment, you know, like Mm -hmm. I love to learn and, and take information and not and not just to take in the information, but it's like the experience of being surrounded by that voice or that environment. It's like I don't even I'll read so many books and it's not like I'm taking notes and trying to save all this information. I think I just like being around someone else talking about these things that I'm interested in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's all it really is. It's Instead of watching mainstream TV, I'm watching people having, I'm listening to podcasts about people talking about topics that are really relevant to me, you know, and it's like, yep. they're inspiring me. I'm getting like a high, those dopamine rushes coming from this new place <laughs> right. rather than the old place, which was sitcoms on TV or, you know, whatever mains, whatever the mainstream media or whatever is trying to push at you, you know? So it's like, well, I, I kind of look you've, at it like- you've changed it a little bit. Right. And, and the way I look at it is like the mainstream, the, 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 the advertiser fueled garbage basically is, is to me, that's junk food conversations and a, an audiobook or a good podcast is more like, like, you know, it's like a whole food information, you know, yeah, so it's that's like, a good way of putting it. they digest at a different speed, you know, there's nutrients in one, one of them is just for energy and stimulation, you know what I mean? So there's, there's ways to look at that stuff. Like that's one thing too, is like, you know, you can't get too caught up in like saying, Oh, I'm going to avoid all of this stuff. It's like, you can't, your, your brain is, is wired to want dopamine hits and you're not going to get away from that. But what you said earlier is the key. The key is to get it from different sources. So get it, get it at more natural levels, which is what I was trying to get back with the the whole free basing analogy. But yeah, that's a good point because that comes right into this discussion. I was having a couple of weeks ago on a podcast about porn. And, and pornography, I mean, I've grown up, I've used porn, you know what I mean? It became a habit and it's just kind of something that everyone does, right? But if you think about it, it's it, it's the it's the exploitation of one of our most primal drives, you know? Like the, the sexual urge is like one of mankind's biggest sources of energy. Like when someone is like when an animal or a person is sexually aroused, they'll do, they'll, they'll work hard, you know, to get their goal. Like... And the thing is, uh, porn, it's like the crack cocaine, the fast food, the McDonald's of that type of instant gratification stimulation. You can go on the Internet and find novelty in an infinite amount. I mean, it's it's basically got everything overloaded. And when you nope. talk about there, that, that gets a bad rap, porn does, because it's kind of based on sexuality, which has a lot of uh, hang ups, you know, like it's just sexuality in general is really a, a tough thing to talk about this day and age. But people get the same sort of rush from social media and the attention seeking and the approval and the notifications, the little hits and hits and hits of notifications. They, that's, that's just as much of a rush, you know, and you can, t- you talk about like action movies for men, you know, it's like there's the adrenaline and they're, they're all Hollywood films. It's like, they're, 
not not that this is anything wrong. I mean, we we as creatives are the ones in Hollywood producing these types of footage because it's like we know what's going to get us going and what's going to get people in seats, what's going to keep holding people's attention, you know? And so we create that for ourselves. We create it for each other because we're trying to get people's attention. So it's like violence and action is is just especially in an action movie, it's like uh triggering the lizard brain, you know, the the amygdala the, the those different responses that are really tied to our primal urges right well they and they they these are these are urges that don't that aren't influenced by the prefrontal cortex so i mean they they really just that's just talk about hardwired that's like the you know the, the logical part of your brain the thought the thought the rational part of your brain can't do anything about that it literally it short circuits it away from there so like yeah exactly when you get to, i mean and really that's the crazy thing too. When you start researching dopamine is you realize that, I mean, the drugs that people are addicted to really what they're addicted to is the dopamine that's released from doing the drugs. Like the drugs have a, you know, have an effect too, but the the dopamine is really what's behind this. So like you said, pornography and social media and all these things, they really at the core, they all have dopamine as this thing that people are looking for. And it's just different ways to, to stimulate that in the, in the, within your body. So you can, you know, that's one of the, you know, the, the internet is with the attention and the proliferation or, or the, 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 the way it can suck up your attention is basically what I'm saying. The way it can, you know, mesmerize you basically because it's because of the, just, to, to, it's just basically and the internet never ends. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. ever, I mean, think about the RSS feed. I don't know if you subscribe. You, I'm, I guarantee that you're an RSS feed guy, even though most people aren't. Yeah. I've just, got Feedly. Right. Right. <laughs> of course you do. So, but think about how many times you, subscribe to something that, you know, some new topic you're into. Oh, I'm going to subscribe to this thing. Cause I'm really into this you know, thing right now. And then, you know, six months later you go back because you always go out into your RSS reader with the best of intentions, you know, like I'm just going to subscribe to what I actually read. I'm not going to put all this extra stuff on here. And then yeah. six months later you have like 70, 77 blogs you're subscribed to and like oh, multiple hundreds of, of articles that you're just never going to get through. And it's like, Think about how much stuff's on the internet. Like the, 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 your 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 Feedly account is what you've chosen, and, and you're still overwhelmed with it. So there's just so much stuff out there that it's just if you allow yourself to get sucked into that stuff, it's very difficult to extract yourself from it because it does, like you said, it hits it hits those parts of the brain and the, and the the neurobiology, and it works, you know. And they and people know this and you just have to be very, uh, you know, I, I agree with what you said earlier. You just need to, you be, need to be more in control of the sources that you get it from, you know, and it's, yeah, it, the, the, it's just because you enjoy something does not mean that you should do a lot of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's not, that's, that's really how we've, things have been structured. I mean, the internet's a perfect example of it. It's like, if you want something, I mean, you know, you get into pornography. It's been around. That's been around since the dawn of man. I guarantee it. But not in the at the you know literally, like I said before, the or not literally, but the the free based levels of stuff is what makes you know like the coca leaf in cocaine is really not that all that harmful, and I don't think it's even addictive. The problem is is when you do cocaine, you're doing like 
10,000 coca leaves at once. That's what the problem is that your body, like nature puts in safeguards. It makes things slow, you know, food digests slow, um, like healthy food digests slow at least. But, you know, it's the same with anything else in our environment. You know, we're not designed to be over inundated with things that we like. You know, it's, it's really the thing that comes down to, you know, where health issues come for people and, and bad eating habits and stuff like that. It's because we, you know, you're supposed to like sugar and crave sugar. You're, the problem is that your environment was never supposed to provide so much of it. That's really what happens is that, you know, people can say, oh, I can't help myself. It's like, it has nothing to do with you. It's not you. It's not your fault. It's it's the environment we live in, you know, the society we live in, the civilization is just, it's structured to give you too much of what you want at levels that are just way beyond anything you can handle for long term. And then still, you know, that's the big problem. And something we didn't touch on in this, all this discussion uh, mentioning dopamine is that dopamine is something that makes you uh, anticipate the future, look, look forward to the future. And if you don't have dopamine, if, if you get super stimulated with dopamine in your environment or the substances you take in or the things that you're doing around you, social media, drugs, alcohol, whatever you want to, whatever the source is, if you do too much of it, your, your body or your, you know, your, your biological system, your brain and your body will eventually adapt to those high levels. So it'll, it'll become, I don't know if the right words sensitized or desensitized, but basically desensitized. Okay. So yeah, so you, your body's used to getting at this big level. So it shuts down the receptors and it doesn't produce as much because it's like, we don't need to, this is too much. And, and then if you take away that stuff in the environment and you take away the, the social media, you take away the pornography or whatever, all of a sudden the sources of, of that were triggering all this ridiculous amounts of dopamine are now taken away. You need to give your body, you know, that goes back to this idea of, of, you know, acclimatizing yourself to these new environments or these new habits. And it's, I don't, I don't even, it may not even be the anxiety, you know, we, we both refer to it as anxiety and changing these habits, but it may have to do with the fact that your dopamine is not being stimulated. And no, you, you have a great point. That's a good point. And that's why I recommended like um, when you're burnt out on your, on these positive habits, like is to take some time off, take some time off of the dopamine intake <laughs> Like right. when I've, when I've just consumed, like, okay, when I was, after I did, after I went on this podcast and talked about sort of the porn addiction culture, um, I became obsessed with researching, um, anti-porn views and pro-porn views. And it was like, there was a glut of that kind of stuff on YouTube, like former porn actresses talking all about it. And then, you know, different political groups talking about their reasonings for it. And I mean, so much of this was incredibly compelling to me. I went on like a huge binge. I literally, I probably watched eight hours, eight to 10 hours a day of content and reading and books. I mean, it was like, I would wake up in the morning and that's the first thing I wanted to do. It was literally a binge. Like I was like, it's like, I just discovered a gold mine of, of like food, like donuts and sweets everywhere. And I just like gorged myself on it. And then afterward, I was so full, I had to like, I had to turn off all of my electronics and be like, oh my God, I have, my brain is filled to the brim. And I got accustomed to that level of like inspiration. It was almost like I was inspired too much, if that's, a, if right. that's ever a possibility. And then when I, and then the moment I was like run out, I was like, God, I need to get inspired again. I, I don't know what's going to happen to me if I don't get inspired again. Like, oh, got to keep the flow going, you know, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's an addiction to like being inspired. It's and 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 that's it's an, it's addic- kind of, it's an addiction it's, to not being addicted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also no an addiction to being addicted, right? Well, no, you were talking about breaking free of it and learning about how to break free of something you were addicted to or you're, you know. Oh, yeah. Come, like, so you can actually get addicted to the process of becoming not addicted to something else. I mean, it's I hear you, man. I mean, it's. Oh, boy. <laughs> we you, just you, we just gone off complete meta right there. <laughs> well, you know, it's, we've been talking for a while. I think maybe we should think about, you know, maybe some more concrete things we can recommend to people yeah it's a good for, let's 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 close it out with some good concrete recommendations and i think a lot of the stuff we were getting into in the past 15 minutes are like really awesome stuff for no for more episodes i think so george what what kind of tips do you have like i think building habits is probably the most productive thing like what are some of the most effective habits that you feel like someone could take if they're going to start adding something new like what what can someone do today tomorrow well like i mean as i said before as crazy as it might sound to some people when you get up in the morning brush your teeth right after that start making the bed now like you said you might not be able to do that find something small like that to do something that is Super easy to do, requires no special talents or skills, no requires no willpower, requires no, you know, very little effort. The idea here is to do is to have a success first thing after you wake up that doesn't require very much effort or time or anything. So it doesn't really, I don't even know if it really matters what it is. It could be like you said, folding a blanket on the couch that you sleep on every night before you go to bed or something like that. But I really believe that that changed a lot for me because it's it, like I said, it's, it doesn't, it's, you have to do it too. You can't just like think about, Oh, that sounds stupid. Just do it for 30 days. See what happens. Because for me, what it did is it triggered me to say, I, like I said before, they, they say this is what happens and I didn't notice this consciously, but supposedly that little success builds a little bit of self-esteem and then that feeds back into doing it again. And then, you know, you want to keep that habit up. So you keep doing it and then the whole thing feeds into itself. And then from there you start saying, Oh, I, I'm the kind of a person that, that makes these, these positive changes and you want to keep that identity going and, and whatever. So it definitely has a snowball effect. Um, you know, and that's that thing that I just said is a good, uh, it's a good way to look, approach it too, is that your goal is not necessarily always to, what you want to do is become a person who makes changes, you know, who makes improvements. So that's really your ultimate goal is not to, you know, get to, you know, I read a great article the other day and uh, coincidentally overlap with some stuff that I've been writing down for a blog post of my own. But this guy talked about how a lot of times people have goals. Let's say, for example, that people, a lot of people, you know, it's a big one is uh, running a 5k, you know, that people want to run marathons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they pick this goal and then they're like, Oh, I'm going to train really hard and do this. And they, and they do it and they make it happen. But what happens is, is that once they accomplish that goal, there's no goal. So their habits that they, those, those positive habits that they had established for that specific goal, that specific milestone are they don't have a place anymore. So, you know, that's why I think things like the, like the, the small things like making the bed is 
what you're doing is you're turning yourself into somebody who does these kind of things that makes it easier to do more of them. So, um, you know, the other tip that I have is, um, something that I've recently come up with another post that I'm been taking notes for to work on is, uh, it comes a little bit from the uh, procrastination podcast that I really enjoyed. Uh, it's called I procrastinate, you know, like iPhone, uh, terrible name, but a really interesting podcast uh, by a scientist, but he has a, a phrase where he says, just get started. You know, it's not just do it. And he's, he's very specific about just get started because do it means you have to accomplish something and it has to be done and forget that. What you want to do is just get started, do a little bit of, the, of whatever it is you want to accomplish, break it down into very, very tiny accomplishable chunks. So if you want to exercise, you know, and this is something, you know, you know, the, the take that I have on it, is that I've noticed that all it takes for me is maybe three to five minutes doing something and not even all, all the time, or it doesn't always take that long, but really after five minutes, I'm almost always into whatever I want to do. So if I don't want to meditate, I'm like, I will just do it for two minutes. And then after two minutes, I'm allowed to quit. And almost always you'll find that once you get into it, then that's the thing you don't want to stop doing. And what you didn't want to, the reason it wasn't that you didn't want to meditate. It was that you didn't want to stop whatever it was you were doing before, whatever it was, it doesn't matter what it was. It's, it's the change in state that you're trying to avoid, not the actual activity that it takes place. So yeah, the, right. the two tips would be small, 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 start very small, very mundane. Don't try to accomplish anything big. Your goal is to be a person that does these things and makes these changes and then the second one is just to get started doing it. When it, if you have a little bit of hesitation, just make it happen immediately and, and give yourself an out. You know, if it has to be one minute, you know, I, I wanted to call it the, you know, the one minute, uh, the one minute, uh, forget what the word I had for it, but whatever. It just, mm-hmm. if you just do it for a minute and then you could quit after that, do one push up, once, you know, one rep of whatever it is, one sentence or paragraph or whatever, but just do one of them. And if you really want to give up after you've gotten started, then you're free to quit. You know, you've accomplished it, but the, the goal is to really just is to, is to put it into, into practice and get that right. activity going. George, um, have you ever read the slight edge? Uh, I, I think I did. It sounds familiar. Yeah. It's, it's like you're either taking the slight edge up or down and you're, it's filled with these small habits that are so easy to do, but they're also so easy not to do. Um, you're like, it's just one push up. Why bother? Like it's just one minute meditation. That's not even going to have an effect. What's the point? You know, and then while you're battling all of this, all of your mental processing, like just over this, over that point is, is going to, is what actually prevents you from doing it in the first place, all of this thinking. And if all you had to do was just one, think of how much resistance that eliminates. And what it does is it builds that self-esteem, that self-confidence and that identity of like, I'm a person who follows through on what I say I'm going to follow through on. Right, right. I, I can change things. I can add stuff to my life. Yep. I can do whatever the heck I want. And that like right. empowering feeling of just like. Well, they say that if you want to start, like the way I, one of the things that I really suggest to everybody for anything you want to accomplish is to start going for daily walks. And because that was really hard for me to do at first. Now I'm like so into it. I just, you know, like go for super long hikes as long as I can now. But it was really hard for me to build that habit. And one of the, th- the things that I I learned after I'd already established it was 
that, you know, like you said before, put your shoes by the bed or, 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 you know, your walking shoes, your running shoes, put them next to the bed or doing something, you know, that you would see as soon as you wake up. But the other key was to, to, um, the goal is not to go for a walk. Your goal is to put your shoes on and walk out the door and get on the sidewalk. That is the only part of the goal that you're, that that's what your goal is not to go for a walk or for how long or how many miles, whatever the goal is just to get to that. You know, like one of the, the, the woman who was writing the article said her goal is that she walks in the door of the gym. That's it. She doesn't have to go and do anything beside. That's the only goal she has is that, I walked in the door of the gym and I think she might even have said, she might even have gone even further and said, as long as she gets in the, once she tells the taxi cab driver, she was in, you know, New York or whatever. Yeah. But she, once she tells the taxi cab driver to take her to the gym, then, then she's accomplished her goal. That's the goal because everything from there will start cascading. So like, if you want to go for a walk, just walk one block or, or you know, walk, walk to your neighbor's driveway and then walk back. That's, that's enough. That counts. You know, you get, and it really, it's really important to start small with these things. It's important to not try to, 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 you know, don't be a healthy person. Your goal is not to be a healthy person. Your goal is to be, like you said before, your goal is to be somebody who makes changes and you need those small victories in order to, um, in order to build on and, and, you know, make it easier the next time and make you more confident more. And, but I'll tell you, man, the, the, the making the bed, you know, and I wish there was a better one because like the people that are, you know, in a situation where they can't make the bed, I wish I had a better alternative to that. And I don't, but, uh, no, that's a seriously good one, man. That's it, man. I'm going to do it. It's so small and you, but you would be, it blew, it blew me away. I would really look back after, you know, doing it for six months. Like now when I go to, when I'm at, uh, in a hotel room, I make the bed there because I don't want to break the streak. I'm like, it sounds ridiculous, but I make the bed at hotels. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, you don't have to make it like all super tight like they do, but no, no, if you I, want I, to. I, sure. <laughs> I don't even do that at home. I just, I just make sure it's tidy. It's just a little bit organized. It's just not, I just rolled out of bed and got out of bed. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just squared up a little bit. It's, it's very, very much. It's, it's the, it takes me literally one 30 seconds to do it 15 seconds. So it's not, these things right. don't have to necessarily be the goals that you want to accomplish in the long run. Those will come in time. If you're having troubles with them now, what you need to do is start becoming the person who uh, makes, can make changes in the habit and the environment and the behaviors. That's what you're really, your, your first goal is, is that. And once you've started doing that, both of us can attest to the fact that you, you really get, uh, I don't want to say addicted, but you really, you get a kick out of doing it and you want to do more and you want to challenge yourself with bigger things. And that stuff will come in time. Just, you just have to stick with it through the boring parts at the beginning where you think nothing's happening or you're expecting results too fast. You know, you, you have to, you have to keep in mind out for yourself in the future. Like I'm doing this for myself in six months. And if you can, if you can try to aim for, for the future instead of the present, that helps out a lot too. Yeah. And I think what what I'll add to that is um, you, you start to build habits like the going for a walk one, like if, and then, and then so you add in a habit like journaling, okay, which isn't another huge one that I think is that I would recommend and meditation. If you wanted to do that, that's, a, that seems like a lot of habits, but like you start to, um, once you get into the habit of becoming a habit maker, you can start to pick and choose which ones do I want to try to put into my life? Which new things or rituals do I want to do? 
and and I think that like when you do walking and you do meditation, you start to tap into your subconscious. If you're out walking and you're not listening to music or an audiobook, you're giving yourself all the space and time. So what happens is inspiration will start to come into you. You'll start to get ideas for projects that you want to start for bigger goals like running a 5K or like the possibility of traveling to a country that are overseas that you've never done that before. Like, whoa, where are those coming from? Those start to percolate into your mind. And then you're, you're journaling, you're writing all this stuff down. You're writing about what you're, what, what happened that day. You're keeping track. You're kind of being able, you're turning yourself into a person who's more aware of what's happening to them and how the choices that they make are actually happening are having an effect on you. And so when you, then you get these projects that could now become bigger goals for yourself, like running that 5k or, you know, writing a novel, writing a book or something like that. And then those you've already have success breaking down into small habits. So you're like, okay, I can just write one sentence a day and I'll get the book out. Cause it's not about getting the book out. Really. It's about becoming a person who writes, you know? Right. And I think, yeah, it's just that. So that's where it can go with this. And then I guess ideally is you should be the, the, where I think where it will go long-term. Um, this is kind of just where I'm at right now is you strip away everything that you you it doesn't serve you in your life and you're able to create the life that you want like one small little change at a time you know so that way your day is is um what you want to make rather than it's being you're being controlled by every outside force you know you're just kind of reacting like a little pinball machine well the other thing too is you you might one of the things that's tough to deal with along all this stuff is that you may be you may not realize who you really are. Like you may not be who you think you are. You know what exactly, I mean? Like right. you, you know, you, things change. And when you, like you said, when you start making decisions for yourself, you may go, cause it's easy to go, well, I don't have time for all this stuff. It's like, I used to think the same thing. How am I going to do all this stuff? I can't, I don't have time for this. And what happens is, is you're like, I'm not the guy that I used to be because I don't think I was that person. And, I, and a lot of those old things that took up that time, those all started drifting. They just, just disappear, you know, when you start having different priorities. So, you know, now I, I agree with everything that you said. I think that's some of that stuff can be a little bit daunting if people are just starting out with this stuff though. I think right. small, like I almost want to say the stupider, the better, you know, like the smaller, the more mundane and, and seemingly meaningless is, is almost as crazy as it sounds like, you know, let that stuff st- be what you start with. Now, what you're saying about, you know, I, I totally agree with all the rest of that stuff. I think all that stuff is hundred percent right on the money, but something is, uh, is, you know, good meditation can be tough for people. A lot of people struggle with that in general. Some people might have an aversion to that concept. They may have misconceived notion about what it, you know I mean? There's a lot of, Oh, that, totally, absolutely. So that's a tricky one for people. We'll talk but, about that in a future podcast. R- right. But, no, nobody has a problem with making the bed. You know what I mean? That's why, that's one of the things I love about making the bed is because it's just, it's non-denominational. <laughs> you know what I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's no, nothing going on there besides just make the bed, you know? And, and I, I, you know, what could be an opposite one and it could be the one that I do at night is just keep the dishes clean every, make sure that you don't go to bed without uh, with any dishes in the sink. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Leo, Leo Babata says, clean your bowl. There's, perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it doesn't, it, it's because, it, as ridiculous as it sounds, I enjoy washing the dishes now. And it sounds really stupid to say, but I, I was talking to my buddy like last week over dinner and 
you know, he's family and work and blah, 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 super busy. And, you know, I told him, I go, he's like, I don't have time for a lot of this stuff. And and he's on this path that, you know, him and I kind of started this together and his uh, responsibilities just drift him away from it. But I told him, I go, I, I says, I've just made time to wash the dishes because it's enjoyable. I, I like being a part of the process of my meals from beginning to end as much as I possibly can. So that's a whole different topic, but you know, you don't know where washing the dish, keeping your, 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 you know, keeping your bowl clean every, by the end of the night, every night, you don't know where that's going to lead yet. There's going to be things that, like you said, now you could use meditation and journaling later on to, to explore this stuff. But I think even just washing the dishes and making the bed, you know, the, the old Zen uh, saying of chop wood and carry water. I think those things can lead you to some places if you do them regularly and become that person who does these things regularly that, that might surprise, I mean, they surprise me. So I, I wouldn't, I, I doubt that I'm all that unique, you know? Yeah. I think that's a fantastic way to end the episode. Um, chop the wood, carry the water, make the bed. I think those are perfect small things for the, for the listener to take away. So I think that about wraps it up. What do you think, George? Yeah, I think that's good, Jeff. I, I'm, uh, another, another good episode, man. A lot of, a lot of stuff to think about after we talk, which is what I really enjoyed about the last one as well. So yeah, I can't wait to listen to it again as I edit because there's a lot of things that we talked about that I want to note for myself to take in and and I want to make some good detailed show notes and stuff like that. So everything that we talked about um, is going to be in the show notes if you want to check that out. Um, Makermistaker.com and you can follow me on Twitter Jeff underscore Finley and we got George. He's at G Coghill. And um, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Maker Mistaker podcast, where we get real deep, real fast into some awesome topics about life and self-improvement and personal development, all that kind of crazy stuff. So can't wait to see you guys on the next episode. Until then, take it easy. Live consciously. Live consciously.